Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with DannyPrezell.com, the man himself, Danny Purcell. How are you, man? Fantastic, Stone. Thanks so much for having me. More importantly, thanks for spreading some joy in the world. We need a lot more of you. (laughs) Well, I am delighted to have you on the show. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Got a ton of questions. Uh, Surely won't get to them all, but I think maybe a great place to start would be mission, purpose. What are you out there trying to do for folks, man? Well, really, thank you for that, Stone. I appreciate it. I've been, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, but really my passion is helping people communicate better. I do that. There's four aspects of language development. Uh, They are speaking, listening, reading, and writing. And so today, I guess for your listeners, we'll focus on, on reading and speaking. So I'm on a mission to bring joy back into education in the workplace by showing people better ways to communicate. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to all you have to offer today. Well, I have to believe that the work you're doing, the things that you focus on, must impact so many different aspects of a business. Speak to that a little bit, if you would. That's great, Stone. So I've been working a lot with uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, craft their messages because I really believe that uh, if you can speak, you can really change the world. And so I help people uh, create engaging presentations. So many of these presentations I see people talk about, uh, they're just depressing stuff. <laughs> and uh, it, it bothers me. I, I think people need some hope in the world. And so uh, I, and I'm not putting down a lot of these uh, tragic speakers, but I, I remind a lot of people that uh, criers are not buyers, mo funny, mo money. <laughs> <laughs> so I suspect that, and maybe myths is a little bit too strong of a word, but, but I suspect there are some uh, misconceptions, some assumptions, some, some things about this whole area of communicating effectively and particularly speaking that are just off the mark. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really think that speaking is the best way to really improve your business. And if you can master a basic format that I, I work with my clients on, on how to create engaging presentations, uh, you can really have a much stronger impact. It doesn't take that much. I mean, one of the quick tips for everybody listening is I see a lot of people that like to brag in their speeches and there, there's nothing um you know, I'm not going to put down uh, pointing out how extraordinary you are, but I think the more ordinary you show people, the more you're going to uh, have an impact. Uh, that That's the quickest tip I give people is stop telling people what makes you so dang special and what you're posting on social media. I think everybody in your audience has not succeeded, but they've all failed. And the more vulnerable you make yourself and share your failures, the better impact you're going to have. Well, I got to tell you, that's very consistent with my experience as a participant when I attend a keynote or even as a host when when I'm hosting a show. I feel like the connection is so much more valuable than someone just impressing me or trying to impress me with their with their background. So that really that certainly rings true for me as as a participant and as a host. I got to know, man, the the backstory. How in the world did you find yourself in, in this line of work? Well, I never 
never wanted to coach Stone. I've always, because uh, I have very high standards for people and it drives me nuts when people won't do the work. And it was really the pandemic that kind of forced me into coaching people since I lost all my speaking engagements overnight. Uh, you know, global mm. pandemic will do that sort of thing. But I've turned out, I, I actually love working with people now uh, on improving their messages. I've worked with uh, all kinds of people from astronauts to Olympic gold medalists. But the people that bring me the most joy are ordinary entrepreneurs and business owners. They're looking for ways to really improve their business. And I think that's the one measure I hold for people. I mean, yes, when they work with me, a lot of them are going to get standing ovations. Yes, if you work with me, you know, people are probably going to come up afterwards and tell you, you're a great speaker. But the only measure I have of the speakers I work with is, are people asking you to do further business with you, uh, whether it be uh, the product that you're trying to sell or, uh, uh, you know, if you're pitching uh, that big pitch at a corporate meeting uh, for, for a $10 million uh, engagement, uh, are you getting that next gig? And so that's, that's how I define success. Are people taking the next step with you? So now that you've been at this coaching for a while, what, what are you finding the most rewarding, man? What, what's the most fun for you about it? I like taking people's depressing country western song stories and making them a little bit more fun and engaging. Uh, you know, again, everybody has had tragedy, and I'm not I'm not putting it down, Stone. I don't want people to misunderstand me, but I just judged a speaking competition the other day, and we literally had hundreds. Actually, it was thirteen hundred speakers. And there wasn't a single funny one in the bunch. I was like, my goodness, I'm about to jump off a cliff after listening to these speeches. And I, I just love to show people uh, some simple way. And I'm not talking about adding jokes. Any, you know, people think that to be funny means telling jokes. I said, no, people are funny inherently just in your mannerisms. Uh, I, I'll give you a tip. I had two different speakers. One guy had um, he he came out of prison and so he had this depressing speech about being in prison and so all I did with his presentation I said well did you ever speak when you were in prison he said yes I'm like okay well there's your line you can just say I, I spoke I began my speaking career in prison I had a captive audience it's a simple line and it makes people smile um, I had another gentleman I was working with and I, I don't remember his name. It was a very long, complicated Indian name. And so I said, oh, well, that's how you can start your presentation. Say, hi, my name is Emil Maharishi. Gee, I sure hope I pronounced that correctly. And <laughs> just just doing something like that will make everybody like you. I mean, here's a ninja trip for, tip for everybody listening right now is one of the things I do is I craft introductions. If somebody's introducing me, I make my introduction that they're going to introduce me with make me sound like Jesus Christ because that's them introducing me and then when I get up on stage I can immediately start by saying yeah Jesus Christ forgot to wear his dress socks today I ain't all that and so somebody else bragged about me and now I'm making myself vulnerable and ordinary to people in the audience so that that they're going to connect with me I mean you don't have much time to connect with your audience and I think uh you know, I hear all these people like to talk about the most tragic moment of their life. And I'm like, would you start a first date that way? Would you just say, <laughs> hi, hi, uh, it's really nice to meet you. Did I did I tell you that I, I, I just got out of prison? Or, oh, hi, it was great to meet you. Uh, let me tell you about uh, 
how daddy used to touch me as a kid. You don't say that in the first five minutes when you're, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's not important, but you don't introduce yourself that way. And yet I see people do this all the time when they're speaking. And so I'm like, let's lighten up a little bit and uh, get people to like us by connecting with a little bit of humor and engagement. Well, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that there really are, they are skills that can be taught, they can be learned, that there are repeatable processes, transferable tools that we can all practice and exercise those muscles, yeah? Absolutely. So here's a tip for your for your audience, Stone. You know, sit down tonight with a glass of whatever libation you like and a pen and paper. I want you to write down every story that's ever happened to you. And I don't mean write down the entire uh, story. I mean... Write down some triggers. So like the time I locked myself out of my car when I was at Costco, the time dad spilt mustard on his tie at that fancy restaurant, the time I peed my pants in second grade. You'll come up with a list of four to five hundred stories of personal things that have happened to you. And then what you do is you say to yourself, oh, this is actually a story about loyalty. Oh, this is actually a story about responsibility. Oh, this is actually a story about overcoming obstacles. And what you do is you put all of those stories in folders on your computer. And now you have plug and play stories that whatever the speech is that you're required to give. Oh, I have a story about that. And I add to these folders all the time. For example, one of the best selling personal development books of all time is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He doesn't have any personal stories in that book. All of his stories are about famous, wealthy people that he interviewed. And so every day when I'm reading the newspaper or watching a, a game on TV or something, if I see a good story, I'm like, ooh, that's a good story. I'm going to file that away in the uh, accountability file. Or I'm going to file, oh, that's a beautiful one about uh, how to uh, appreciate uh, our blessings. So I'm going to put that in my gratitude file. And this is just a simple way to really build up your, your uh, repertoire of stories that you can offer people because human beings connect through stories. That's cross cultural and it's across time. So have you had the benefit of, of one or more mentors as you came up through the speaking world and now as you sort of made this this pivot, this transition to the coaching world that, that kind of helped you navigate this terrain? Yeah, of course. I, I, I have, Stone. I appreciate that question. Yeah, I've had all kinds of wonderful mentors, but this is uh, one of the best uh, tools that everybody can use. There's this government program. They got these buildings in almost every single community. And in these buildings are rows and rows of books. And get this, you can apply for a card and they'll let you take these books home for free. They're called public libraries. <laughs> and I've been mentored by people from uh, Abraham Lincoln to uh, Nelson Mandela. So I, one of the tips I give people all the time is, you know, there's plenty of readers that don't necessarily become effective leaders, but I have never read about an effective leader in history that was not also an avid reader. I'm, re I'm reading all the time. I mean, when I read that T Teddy Roosevelt he read over 20,000 books by the time he was 30 years old. So I used to be a classroom teacher and I, I would tell my kindergartners, I'm like, so that means kids, we got to read lots of books every single day. I mean, I read 10 books a day now, Stone. I mean, many of them are scratch and sniff and, and uh, <laughs> pop up. I do read 10 books a day. It's actually something I do, Stone. Uh, before I go to a party, I'll go to a Barnes and Noble. I'll go to the uh, children's section and I'll, I'll, I'll take people that are significant of the day, you know, like, I'll find a little 32-page picture biography about Jeff Bezos or Sarah Blakely, and I'll learn some facts about them. And I always look like I'm the most intelligent person at the party. Oh, you have all these great stories. Well, I'm just getting those from children's books. Uh, and then 
obviously if I, if I find the person's interesting, I'll, I'll read something a little bit more advanced on the person, but uh, I, I'm constantly looking for anecdotes that inspire people. Well, and you bring up an excellent set of points there because that every page in every book doesn't have to be this world beater thing that totally shifts your mindset. Just picking up an idea or two, which you can do from almost any book, right? Absolutely. Stone, one of the books I'm reading right now is a biography on President Eisenhower. And I just hear, I, I dog-eared a page because I didn't know this story that Hitler had given his general this order when the guy left Paris. He was supposed to burn down all of Paris. Well, this general had some second thoughts. He's like, I don't want to be remembered as the guy that burnt down Paris. And so he refused to do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how many stories in history are one person making a decision like that? I I had read a story once about Henry Stimson, who was the uh, secretary of war under President Truman. President Truman was going to drop the atomic bomb on Kyoto because Kyoto was the center of commerce and politics in Japan. Well, it just so happened, Stone, that Henry Stimson had had his honeymoon in Kyoto, and he looked at President Truman and he said, oh, sir, we cannot destroy Kyoto. It is too precious. And that's why we chose Hiroshima over Kyoto. I'm like, how many events in history are based on random anecdotes like that? So that's why I read. I'm constantly interested in stories like that. So how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a guy like like you is it is the business coming to you do you find yourself out there marketing how, how do you get the new clients well i'm i'm speaking constantly on stages stone so uh that way i you know podcasts like this you never know who's listening i'll give you an example when i first started speaking I spoke from my local library and they said, oh, there's going to be like 500 people speak. 500 500 people are going to attend your speech. Well, Stone, four people showed up. Two of them were my realtors and the other two was a Hispanic couple that did did not speak a word of English. But I believe in giving 110 percent. So I I did my my song and dance for an hour. I did as much in Spanish as I could. We all laughed (laughs) and had a good time. Well, this was interesting, Stone. The Hispanic woman was taking... English classes at the Adult Literacy Center, and she recommended me to speak at her English at the Adult Literacy Center. I was making at that point in my career, this is 20 years ago, I was making $700 a day to speak. She recommended me for a 45-minute engagement for $4,000, six times my typical fee. And I realized, wow, you never know. And so I get my word out just uh, speaking to people like you and, uh, you know, I got all the YouTube videos and all that good stuff. And then some people, uh, they read my books and they want me to come and speak for them that way. So yet another reason to get really good at this, communicating, speaking. So you've you've spoken to this idea of, of reading. Let's talk about writing. I know you've written like well over a dozen books. What is what is that experience like? Do, do the books come together really easy for you or sometimes is it a struggle? Yeah, that's a good question, Stone. Um, there, there's a little reminder I have my, on my phone. Let's see. I have these daily reminders on my phone. With uh, I'm always trying to learn quotes from people and things like that. There's this great quote from uh, Gene Fowler, who was a journalist, and he wrote, uh, 
Writing is easy. You just stare at a blank piece of paper until blood drops form on your forehead. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, writing's not always the easiest process, but I like to write the books that I haven't uh, read. So when I was a middle school teacher, I was the only teacher in my school not to have any tardy students. And that's because I always began class by reading aloud a Paul Harvey story. Uh, I don't know if you remember Paul Harvey Stone. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of old uh, at this point. Chop off my head and count the rings. Uh but um, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I'd listen to Paul Harvey would come on the radio every day at 1215. He'd say, I'm Paul Harvey with the rest of the story. And he would tell you this story. And the entire time you're trying to guess who it is or what company it is. And so my students love those stories. But a lot of those stories are about people like Sears and Roebuck. Well, my students today have no idea who's, what Sears Roebuck is. And so the last book I wrote, uh, Leadership Begins with Motivation, that's basically an homage to Paul Harvey with short stories about significant people that today's students would know something about, like a, like a uh, Elon Musk or a Warren Buffett or somebody like that. And after I wrote that book, Stone, it was interesting. I read it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, completely unintentionally. So many of my examples were of white male Americans. And so the book I'm writing right now, most of the examples are female minorities and international people. And so I'm always looking for books that I want to read. That's how I, I start with my writing process. Sounds like a marvelous process to me. And it's, it's terrific that, it, that you're serving other people with that medium. Do you also find, though, that when you invest the time and the energy to commit these ideas to paper, that uh, above and beyond serving other people, that it helps you solidify your own thinking, help you crystallize your 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 own approaches to to trying to serve and help you that much better in the other areas of your life. Wow, you're you're a dream student, Stone, and absolutely, this is what I love about your podcast. So many podcasts I listen to, people have like just a prescri prescribed list of questions, and you actually are answering. You're listening to my answers, so I, I really appreciate that. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm constantly writing because it makes me, you know, the the best leaders are constantly learning, and in the process of writing stories, I'm learning about things all the time. And uh, you know, so I wrote a story today about. Uh, my second grade, uh, teacher was Miss, 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 he Miss Hester. And Miss Hester, she asked all of us kids one day, she said, how far can you see? And she held up a pen. She's like, raise your hand if you can see this pen. And all of us kids raised our hands. And then she took us out into the hallway and she said, raise your hand if you can see the exit sign. And all of us kids raised our hands. And then she took us outside. She's like, raise your hand if you can see that house across the street. And all of us kids raised our hands. And then she said, raise your hand if you can point to the, if you can see the water tower behind that house. And all of us kids raised our hands. And then she said, well, how far can you see? And one kid said 800 yards. And another kid said a mile. And then another kid said two miles. And she said, now look up above, raise your hand if you can see the sun. And all of us kids raised our hands and she paused and she said, did you know that the sun is 92.9 million miles away? And all of you can see it. And yet you only said you could see 800 yards or a mile or two miles. And she she looked at all of us There's a bunch of eight year olds. And she said, you see, most people underestimate their abilities. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an old man at this point, Stone, and I'll never forget that uh, lesson. Most of us are underestimating what our capabilities are. What a fantastic illustration. And it goes back to your earlier points in that it, these stories can help you underscore 
timeless principles, things that you want to you want to challenge people's mindset on. I'm not even sure you're qualified to answer this question because I'm trying to envision you running out of gas <laughs> and, needing, <laughs> and needing to recharge. But I also I know you're human, man. So when the tank runs a little bit low, when you need to recharge and regroup, where do you go? And I don't necessarily mean a physical location, but how do you sort of recharge the batteries and get geared up to get back out there and serve? So Stone, the best thing anybody can do is turn off the TV news and read a funny children's book. You know, uh, Hmm. I can already tell you what's on the news tonight. The world is coming to an end and whoever the president is, is doing a bad job. It's been the same negative news for a hundred years. I'm looking for inspiration. My poor wife, she, she wonders why I love watching sports. And I always say, honey, because at any moment, something extraordinary can happen. I mean, I, I, I'm ashamed to say this, Stone, but when I watch the Olympics, uh, I'm usually rooting against America. And my wife's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, who am I going to root for? The American runner with the microchips in his Nikes or the barefoot Sudanese refugee who just survived a civil war? I mean, the background stories of these people is amazing. They're like, oh, I learned how to run running away from the bullets in my bo- village. Well, of course I'm rooting for that guy. That's the most inspiring thing. So people that need to recharge, you know, it's the same tip I give people if they want to become better speakers. Well, you become a better speaker in two ways. First off, you do the reps. You should be practicing your speech in all kinds of different venues. And most importantly, I think you have to watch lots of speakers. So I watch, you know, I watch politicians, comedians, televangelists. I watch them in front of big groups, in front of small groups, international groups and small and other things. Here, here's a quick tip for your audience. One of the things I do all the time is I watch uh, award shows because when you win the Academy Award, they only give you 45 seconds to give a speech. And I want to see, can that person give a meaningful speech in 45 seconds? And uh, I've been giving this example lately. Last year at the Academy Awards, a British guy, for he won an Academy Award for some small technical achievement. And so nobody was going to pay attention to his speech. And he got up there and he said, a lot of people don't know this. But when phrased properly, the term Academy Award nominee can be used as an insult. For example, yesterday I got in an argument with my 17-year-old daughter and she said, well, Academy Award nominee Thomas Harris, you know, and all of a sudden everybody's <laughs> laughing. And I saw like Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt begging to meet this guy. That's the power of a good speech. And that is what I'm training people how to connect their audiences with. I cannot remember a 15, 20-minute conversation that was laced so heavily with practical, actionable pro tips on any topic. <laughs> you are an absolute wealth of, of, of information. Before we wrap, though, let's, uh, let's, leave, let's leave our listeners with a couple more things, things they should be reading, doing, not doing, just to, to continue to – and look, gang, the, the number one pro tip – is reach out and have a conversation with Danny or, or, or read some of his, <laughs> some of his books, but let's give them something to, to, to be doing between, between now and then. Well, first of all, you're, you're hired stone. You can be my pimp anytime. Thanks for uh, <laughs> promoting me. Uh, I, as, as a thank you to you and your audience for bearing with me, I wanted to give everybody a couple of uh, freebies. So if you go to free gift from again, free gift from Danny, I'm going to give everybody a couple of things. First of all, I'll give everybody a complimentary e-copy of one of my books, Read, Lead, and Succeed, 
This is a book I wrote for a school principal who was trying to keep his faculty and staff positively engaged. So I said, okay, I'll write you a book. So every week I give you a concept, an inspirational quote, an inspirational story, a book recommendation on a book you should read, but you're probably too lazy because you're an adult. So I also give you a children's picture book recommendation. You can read that book in five minutes, demonstrates the same concept. And then I'm also going to give everybody access to one of my uh, companies is a, a reading program called The Reading Habit. And last summer, I did an online five-day reading challenge with about 700 parents around the world, where every day for an hour, I gave them all kinds of tips to get their kids excited about reading, you know, because I find schools do an adequate job of teaching kids how to read. But the question I always ask is, well, what good is it teaching a kid how to read if they never want to read? I teach people why to read because I've never had to tell a kid, go watch TV. I've never had to tell a kid, go play a video game. And I never want to have to tell a kid, go read a book. I want them to choose to do it on their own. And so those are my gifts at freegiftfromdanny.com. And I really appreciate this time and all that you're doing, Stone. We need a lot more of you in the world. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure, man. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and have a conversation with you or someone on your team and, and tap into your work? You've already shared a couple of resources, but I just want to make it super easy for them to get connected, man. Yeah, they just connect with me, uh, uh, com. My last name's really easy to remember how to spell. It's spelled like bras, cell. No, I never <laughs> took any grief over that as a child. So if you go to com, you can figure out uh, how you can book me as a speaker or work with me one on one as a coach to grow your business. Well, Danny, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this afternoon. Thank you for investing the time and the energy to share your insight and your perspective and mostly your enthusiasm. And this has been a great deal of fun. Thanks for all you do, Stone. Keep on doing it. God bless. <laughs> all right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Danny Brazell, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.